Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Mary Malott, who is joining me today. She is a multimedia and video producer at Northwest College and the Christmas Bureau. And I'm going to talk to her about reputation, which is like her job. Quote unquote, she is the hype woman. Also, side note, she is a Jedi master. Welcome, Mary. Oh my gosh. What's up, Adam? Hey, everybody. How you doing, buddy? I can't complain. How have you been? I mean, it's the weekend. Fuck. I, <laughs> I have time for myself, okay? I cherish the weekend, Adam. It's just like, nope, Saturday, Sunday, fuck off. I want to get high and just barbecue. Mm -hmm. Well, you actually are working two jobs at the moment. I am. How do you balance yeah. that? I balance it quite well. I mean, to, to be frank, with one job, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of bored because I'm very good at my job. And it does come in waves, right? So it's not like it's a steady, like high altitude, high intensity type of role. It's very like, here's a wave, we got to get it done. And then we have lulls. So I was always working contractor and freelance. Um, but I was just like, let's look for a part time job. The intent was never for another full time job, Adam. Like, let's be clear, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Times are tough. I just want to fund my travel, like, you know, my travel, I guess, what do we call it these days? Bucket list. I want to travel more, but it costs a lot, especially with, with kids. So, um, yeah, it, I, and then I saw this opportunity at the Christmas Bureau and I was just like, cool, let's apply. I'm probably not going to get an interview. I totally got an interview <laughs> and because I'm very charming. Let's be real, Adam. I am pretty charming. And I mean, you're my, exceedingly charismatic. Let's be I honest. Am. <laughs> I think I think it's a good thing. Um, and but my work speaks for itself. And it was exactly what they were looking for at the time. And I was just like, and I had to think, I'm like, Mary, and ask the hard questions, Mary, can you handle this? Is this too much on your plate, on top of everything else, in include raising a family? And but then I had to look at the, the outcome, Adam. And let's be frank, I mean, money, money's nice. <laughs> I like money. Um, and if I, I knew that if I work hard, um, I can I can manage it. I'm not gonna lie, the first year was hell. It was just like, holy fuck, can I actually do this? But now that I've got into a rhythm, like for any experience, going in clean like that, not knowing anything, can be quite liberating, but also scary as fuck. Um, but now that I'm going through it again, I kind of like, okay, I know what to expect. So I feel like I went through through boot camp. I'm in like tip-top shape now and I can handle it mentally, right? So um it what it is tough. I'm not gonna say it was. It is still tough, but I set up very um strong boundaries around self-care and me time and family time. Um I just I know I have to buckle down and like zone in uh, to make sure that I am still what's the word successful at my role. So I do love them. I really do. Um I do what I, I really do enjoy what I do for work. So, well, it's always funny. So, I was just chit chatting with a individual. He was a leader for an organization, and he was telling me about all the stuff that he has on his plate. And when I'm sitting down with him, I'm like, "All right, so where do you fit into this?" And he's like, "I don't." <laughs> like that's a problem. So, wow. when you say that you're working two jobs and you're managing it and you're doing self care, that's not something that a lot of people are doing and I, I can imagine many of our listeners aren't doing so 
I'm kind of curious, like, how do you prioritize yourself when you have so much on your plate? Usually at the end of the day, which is why most of my stories are me at the end of the workday or it's just like, okay, it's time for me to decompress. My ceiling typically happens between 4.30 and 6 p.m. Because the kids get home, that's the just the end of like on onslaught of like back to back meetings, <laughs> and mainly just to hear people talk and listen to themselves. Um, but it's at the usually at the end of the day, like when the kids are tucked in, are just they're decompressing after supper, getting stuff ready for the next day. Um, we all, I think, we all find time for ourselves. COVID kind of helped with that because we had to kind of force to go into other our rooms and just kind of be alone. Um, I think the pandemic definitely taught us that. But when you, to answer your question, Adam, how do I prioritize? Yeah, I put others before me, but I know I get to celebrate myself at the end of the day before, you know, before midnight. So, <laughs> um, like, I mean, I, it's, it's, I know it may sound like, oh, I don't know what your listeners are thinking. Maybe they think it's selfish. They're like, but I always put other people before myself and make sure that they're just ta- well taken care of. What's interesting about that comment of like, I put other people first to take care of them. That's actually really an exceedingly common comment I hear from a lot of leaders. They're always putting their team first. They're always thinking about the people mm. around them and always right. trying to help them do better. Always thinking about, oh, shoot, so-and-so called in sick. I have to go in and cover the shift. Right. If this work's not being done, I will do it myself. Yeah. To help everybody out. And there's never that moment of like, okay, but when is you time? When is it time to take right. care of you? <laughs> right. When is it time to take care of me? I've been trying to I've been trying to take care of myself more nowadays. Uh I can guarantee you before Theo was born and when Zoe was still in diapers, it was very hard to just think of myself. It actually felt guilty to take time for myself. And I think that, again, I mean, I, I refer back to the pandemic, but I think that pandemic forced all of us to kind of pri- reprioritize what was important and uh, and actually take action. It's like talk is talk, walk is, you know, take action. Like that's what we all want to see essentially. So you know, taking care of myself. I don't feel guilt or shame or, uh, yeah, shade and guilt, especially from my mother. Like, why are you taking time for yourself? Honestly, mom, like, this is something I'm trying to teach my mother. She's 66 and she's very sharp. She's so sharp, but still it's like these comments that, you know, that would just not fly nowadays. It comes out of, like she says it. So I'm trying to reframe that for her. I think I'm making strides, but um, I think it was just the the upbringing. I mean, I look at my daughter and her generation, and and Zoe and Theo. Like, they don't they don't care about labels. These younger kids do not care about labels. What's scary though is that sometimes tech and digital social media videos, fake news, all this other crap that parents now have to take on and just, or just, I think everybody, not just parents, I think every adult, a good adult who goes online should teach these parameters to younger kids. I think that's just what we should all be teaching them, but they, they don't really care about labels. And I actually, 
admire that because we talk about reputation, right? Ooh, good segue, Mary. <laughs> good tap on your shoulder. Um, see, I'm even answering questions in my head, Adam, but I'm like, don't say it. Sorry, Adam, if you have, I don't want to ask you questions because you're interviewing me. So (laughs) I know you are a master interviewer. (laughs) I am. So that's why I'm just like, hey, Mary, just chill out. Come on. But I am high right now. So I hope that's okay. It's all good. It's all good. Okay. But yeah, taking care of yourself. That's important. I think that's the the final sentence. (laughs) (laughs) And making it a priority. It's mm-hmm. always funny. I chit chat with uh, so many people and they say, you know, I have all these things that I'm doing, all these things that I'm doing that are important and they're all a priority. Right. And the reality is like, no, it's not. A lot of the stuff that you're doing doing is just not important. And I always know it's not important because if push comes to shove, if they were ever mm-hmm. hospitalized or something bad happened, all of a sudden what seemed to be important just isn't. But to kind of segue into something that you had mentioned, you were talking a little bit about reputation and online Mm. media marketing. I'd love to know more about that. (laughs) Reputation. Okay, here. Because I'm trying to. All you do is like you build reputations. Yeah, I'm always in this. I'm always in this cultural gap between hype, honest, hype, honest. Okay, so to your question, Adam, which is quite quite a mouthful, um, reputation is everything. Impression, first impressions are everything. People's attention spans have reduced down to six, five seconds. You have to grab people, and people are willing to go to great lengths to get traffic metrics and, and those impressions. For what? Vanity metrics, we call them. Um, look, I got 1.2 million followers. I am so famous. Social media, TikTok platforms, all that other stuff, Snapchat. I'm not going to name all of them, but these are now just have become amplified cameras and microphones. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody is an expert. And and then, you know, brands are, and because that's where the audience is looking, that's why brands are following. So it's it's a double-edged sword, Adam. From a professional standpoint, my job is to, tell authentic content, produce good stories, and make sure that it's real. I don't care for fluff or flash or 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 polished scripts. I don't. I really do like the raw shit. <laughs> I do. I love the raw stuff. Um, oh, sorry. I hope I can swear. I'm so sad. <laughs> okay. It's all good. Okay. Um, yeah, I just censored that out. But it's uh, the hype part of it, the reputation. But people, I mean, I'm hoping... But then again, between hype and honest, you also have like, like, like there, there may be some unintelligent people out there on social media and they just, they see, they believe what they see without perhaps doing their research or going and fact checking or stuff like that. Right. Like sometimes the internet online stuff content can be quite dangerous, especially people who are just out there to get impressions and go viral. I I don't think that's right. I think journalism and news and investigative journalism, like storytelling, it's there for a reason. You guys, like, I see, no, like, but maybe that's just the old part of me. Adam, I turn 40 next week. Okay. You don't look a day over 29. 
Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. I, I will send you the invite. I promise. Okay. So to kind of come back a little bit, you were saying about reputation and how you build it a little bit of honesty and a lot of storytelling. Right. So my question is, how do you build reputation? Like, how do you build your reputation? Yeah. What's the best way? <laughs> Acknowledging the fact that you are telling stuff on a very personal level. So one, being honest. Two, time. So people will respond to something that they like. At the end of the day, what, whatever that person's values are, they're going to like that content, whether it's puppies, whether it's baking, <laughs> bread baking, you know what I'm saying? Fashion, like they're going to gravitate to people who either relate to them in a way, who are approachable. That's why the whole kind of just keeping it real. <laughs> I hate to say that, but like just keeping it real and being honest with your audience because they're not idiots. <laughs> First and foremost, I hate because maybe because I'm always behind the camera, I'm always just thinking, okay, what is the viewer thinking? I'm not trying to think about like what the fucking like, you know, leadership team wants me to jam down these people's throats. So it's like, it's really just like looking at it more at a human level, right? But with quirks, like I think people relate to my Instagram stories in particular, which is why considering I have a rep now, apparently, that it's just things that they look forward to. I'm entertaining, I'm funny, and I'm real. That's what that's the that's the theme of the fucking Mary at Clo Mary Close Up stories. But it was and people marketing people, digital content influencers be messaging me because I live around some of them <laughs> that they're like, hey, Mary, do you have a content calendar? Like, what's your strategy? I'm like, Fuck, fucker, I don't have a strategy, okay? <laughs> and I think that's the rep that people expect. And that's the brand storytelling and brand awareness campaigns that we see is to reiterate those values. So I think reputation is through time, honesty, and like just being acknowledging who you're talking to, who your audience is. That's, you know... Yeah, people are like, go public. I'm like, no, I don't want to go public. <laughs> Why? Well, it's, it's funny that you said that because you're saying that honesty and just being real is the most important thing. And right. yet, again, so many leaders in so many organizations, they don't want to be honest. There's a lot of virtue signaling. Right. There's yeah. a lot of distorting the, the truth. Yeah. That, and I'm always telling my people, I'm like, just be real, be who you are, be authentic. People will respond to it. People are not right. stupid. They know when they're being right. lied to. Exactly. However, to caveat to that remark, Adam, wow, I'm loving how this conversation is going, is that when I'm looking at the news or I'm, I'm and I met up with my friend, um, Kiera, she was, we were just talking about like, the shit we're just we always shoot the shit we talk about work we talk about leadership we talk about like fuck what what why did they make that decision the news etc and the news seems to be more kind of bad like really bad these days and it's just like whoa what's going on like that's the reaction that i that i make when i read it I was like fuck what's go what's happening so to your point about like being just be who you are. Be authentic. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. But I made this comment and we both pondered on it, which made me think, is there, is there, is there legitimacy to it? Is that, should we be more disciplined? Should we be more kinder 
like people be throwing out comments digitally, especially trolls. Like, why are you, you, you think you're so tough saying it on the keyboard? Would you say that in person? But I find people are way more vocal nowadays, even face to face. So maybe we need to be more disciplined and check ourselves and think, is this, am I being a good human being? Am I being a good neighbor? Like, is that, is that too much to ask, Adam? Like, I understand I'm all about like, again, fuck, is it because I'm getting older? Fuck, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Sorry. This is like on the brink of my thirties and then over the horizon into my forties. Holy shit. But yeah, I think we pondered on it and we both come from different backgrounds, but that landed for both of us. So do you, I'm going to ask that question to you. Do you think people should be more disciplined? Should people be more disciplined? Uh, It depends what they want to be disciplined in. When it comes to saying what's ever off the top of their head, yes, they should be disciplined. Because usually the first thought, you should not say it. (laughs) And the reason for that is it does not matter if you are right. If you do not say what you want to say in a way that Mm -hmm. they will hear it, you have wasted your time. And the first thought is usually a very blunt and honest thought that the other party will not be able to hear. And so you'll say it to them and they will go right over their head. Maybe you'll encounter the backfire effect, but it just will not end well. (laughs) I honestly, I don't give a fuck. I'm sometimes at work. I'll, I'll be very honest. I'll be like, should we be doing this? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I've had that reputation. But again, reputation. Oh, this is such a good conversation. Um, rep- the reputation the reputation. is everything. It is. Like, <laughs> sometimes it can, uh, reputation can be used for good. And I think that's the message that, if any, <laughs> with this conversation, Adam, is that you can use reputation for good. Tell me more about like, reputation using it for good what does that look like trying to sway and influence people in a in a more value mindset like this like kind of check yourself like are you actually just do like yeah adam sorry i'm just kind of pondering on that because no one's asked me that question that you know if they see it in you they they can see it in themselves type of thing kind of being able to mimic what you're doing and the good values that you're presenting right or at least question like "Hmm, maybe i should try this with my daughter maybe that's an interesting point of view that uh, you know mary had with her son but like maybe it landed with someone i just see keep like i just keep that did not make sense like i'm really fucking high um okay should Um, we be interviewing at this moment no it's fine no i'm very I, I smoked a good one because I'm, this is I'm debating be- if I should leave this in or not. Oh, that's I will leave that up to you. Uh, but then, to be real, Adam, yeah, I think you should keep it. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I think I'll just keep it this unedited, the entire conversation. Sure. Like, oh my gosh. And, you know, reputation can be, can do good. And that can go for brands and marketing and, brands as well. A lot of people are about the environment these days, social change, and people are demanding it now and asking those harder questions that boardrooms will not 
address, <clears throat> let alone acknowledge in the fucking minutes. So I think it's important to keep having these conversations. It's slow movement for sure, Adam. Like, <laughs> Adam, it's such, it's so molasses crawl. Well, I often tell people, I go, you are in the people business and people do not move very fast. Because they, they don't want to or the, because they're, they don't want to step forward and move forward? What is it, Adam? What's stalling it? This is people in general. If you look at how change is derived, typically the younger the person, the more change they want, the faster they're, right. they're willing to accept it. The older somebody gets, the less willing they are to change. It's very normal. When you look at revolutions right. and when you look at uprisings, it's usually the youth that are leading the charge. It's not the old fogies. True. Very, very true. And generally speaking, like I remember chit-chatting with one lady. She, Her daughter was really deeply upset with um, Canada and the society and saying that they needed all this social change. And uh, her mom was like, listen, honey, I come from South America. I did, I did my change. I did my time. And then I moved to Canada. This is for you. You go out and do this. I'm okay. Jeez. Was she saying that she doesn't care about Canadian values? Sorry, the South American. Uh, for her, which, what do you mean? Sorry, I, that, I don't know that that statement went completely over my head. Um, Adam, sorry. <laughs> um, Okay, no, never mind. Go on. <laughs> it's all Okay, good. I promise I'm getting better. I promise I'm getting better. Okay, here we go. It's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But is this kind of going back there? The uh, change, people are more willing to change the younger that they are. And they're typically oh, far more impressionable at that age. And then the older that they are, the harder it is to institute change. That being said, it's hard just to change people in general. I remember working in mental illness and addictions right. and to help push somebody from where they are to where they need to be right. was looking at easily a year to two years of work. Even as a coach, when I work with my client, they'll mm -hmm. come to me looking for change immediately. And I say, no, I can start getting some huge fundamental changes done with you right. in two months of continuous work. But if you want to see like huge personal growth, you have to be coached for longer than two months because change right. is slow. It's gradual. It doesn't happen right. at once. And th doesn't that coincide with reputation? It's about time. It happens like the, with more time, right? Like it's, it gets better with good time. <laughs> so more time. So like, I mean, change, <sighs> it's a loose word for me right now i just i don't i see it now which is great and is but is it being tolerated or or respected you know there is a difference are they just tolerating this change or do they actually respect it like it's that old adage like old question like do you wish to be feared or loved and i hate that question so what does it mean to tolerate change versus respect it tolerate it because they don't respect it respect is definitely the better the better choice tolerate is just be to, um tolerating it is just oh it's just there but it's not bothering my 
daily routine. Right. So that's only when it's affected them personally that they're like, Oh, then either they're for it or against it. I just, you know, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> so then how do you respect change? Cause I've never heard that term before. How do you respect change? By seeing it at those leadership levels, those governing boards that are responsible for a whole country or nation, world leaders working together, that <laughs> and seeing it. But right now it feels just like siblings fighting amongst each other, you know, with all these resources. So how do we respect change? It's seeing it at the global leader level, environments are corporations and business, businesses are actually making an effort to care about climate change and sustainability, right? So seeing world massive changes that affect everybody, basically. So that's respecting change. So I don't know. I was like, do you think that's too far of a stretch to think that high up? To think more on that global level? Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, is it a brand or a leader's duty to think at that level? Or is it their job to think more with my team and my organization? <laughs> Definitely the latter. Tell me more. Because it's about their value their opinion, their looks, their visuals. <laughs> it's about them because it's a competition these days. It's about who's going to be like trending, what's going to be, who's like has the best content out there. Oh my God, it just round and round it goes. Oh, fucking hell, man. Sorry, Adam. Um <clears throat> I'm on the come down of my high and my throat just got really fucked up, fucked up, like really dry. So <laughs> I'm on the come down of my high right now. So, which is why my voice just went really, really like lower. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't sound like Raquel Welch. Do I? Oh my God. Okay. You sound awesome. Fine. You I mean, fine. my voice will do something to someone out there. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Oh, Adam. So, <laughs> am I okay? You're doing great. Uh, doing that's great. good. Words like I like words of affirmation. <laughs> I like confirmation. <laughs> Tell me, give me a nod, like I'm doing good. Okay. Okay. Good. This is weird. Like you interviewing me because uh, again, I'm just I'm. I know what I'm. You're I know what I'm going side. for, but I'm just, I'm trying to like keep up like, okay, is this what he wants? <laughs> I hope I'm, I'm delivering. Okay. Listen, we're just chit-chatting. This okay. is as far as I'm okay. concerned. It's that evil red eye. I see it for work. It's the evil red <laughs> recording eye, but um, <laughs> it's hard to see it. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> it's so fucking hard. It's right there. Oh God, I'm getting into the giggly section now. Fuck okay. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Oh, so coming back, we were chit-chatting a little bit about reputation and how it's a brand's duty to actually look at these things a little bit more right. from a global level. 
But most people are more concerned about the individual, yes, themselves, yeah, how they look. How it's they all appear. a competition. It's about who has the flashiest, newest, most trendy. Like, but who gets to establish those establish those labels first and foremost for those titles? Like, who who is actually making the big bigger decisions here? And it's um, a competition mainly on vanity. And now values. It's just like, hey, I'm a like. There's like this um one Instagram account that I'm following that I would never have followed several years ago. And to all of my farmer friends, I apologize. It's called Rural Alberta, <laughs> and I'm following this because I'm like, you know what? I need to know like like what they find humorous and what the con- what actual content gets posted on it to just kind of see it's it's a peek into who they really are what they value and, and the, the, the silliness sometimes of it. And it's been so fucking entertaining (laughs) and, and endearing, which is quite surprising because I was born and raised in Alberta. But when you think of Alberta, Alberta, it's like rural, like, you know, so, and Calgary, (laughs) it's, it's always like, it's funny. So it's, um, to your points, Adam, about, um, branding and reputation it's important i just wish more companies corporations governments can use it for better you know Mm -hmm. well and i'm kind of curious what happens when you stake your reputation on wealth on materialistic mm. goods, on status. Then that's what and everyone will want to achieve and climb and um, aspire to, right? That's all they're going to look for is just the flash, the wealth, and the fame without looking at community, giving back, um, family values. You don't see fucking family values anymore, especially remember back in the day, like I grew up on Full House, Family Matters, Fresh Prince of Alberta, Oh, oh my God. Oh my, Mary, you're so fucking of <laughs> Bel Air. Fuck, Mary. Like, all these, like, if you look back in the day, most of the sitcoms, and they were mostly black sitcoms on, like, na- national networks. And it was about family. Nowadays, it's about crime. It's about work, government politics, family wealth. You look at all the content that's trending. I swear to God, Adam. <laughs> I I go to every platform every day to see which content is trending because it tells a lot about what's fucking happening outside in the world or like what people are thinking nowadays because it's it's a good pulse or a good yeah it's a very good pulse to see like okay what's actually happening out there right I don't know that's really fucked up that was a long winded response sorry this is weird am I doing good am I doing okay. <laughs> Okay, because you're, you're just sitting there and smiling like a Cheshire cat. Because I'm just like, am I doing the right job? Am I doing a good job? Because okay. I'm listening. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my job is to listen. You can see me when I'm coaching. All I do no, is sit there and I just nod okay. and then I ask. It's questions. weird because I'm always <laughs> the one listening, so it's weird to always keep talking. So I do. Sometimes I can't stop this mouth. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> okay sorry i'm good now i love how you said that when it comes to your reputation your reputation that you're gonna have is going to influence those around you 
So if you're looking for status, mm-hmm. if you're looking for wealth, the people around you, they're going to look for status yeah. and wealth too. Which is not necessarily right. a good thing because we're not instilling those values. Right. That exactly. And that's why I wish more brands and organizations would look to more wholesome, holistic influencers as opposed to just ones for very, like, that's another thing. Uh, I'm increasing the expectation of what true beauty looks like, right? So um, it, it tends to be very segued to particular audiences nowadays, but it's very beautified to say the least. So, um, yeah. Kind of forwarding those beauty expectations and unrealistic expectations. <laughs> For sure. Like, society. I'm sorry, that Barbie movie. Okay. Adam, I do this for a goddamn living. So it's just like in my head, I'm always observing. I'm always observing. I'm always listening, which is why this is kind of weird being on the tail end receiving part of it now. But I'm doing you a solid because this is awesome, Adam. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the Barbie movie. Like, I love that it was more diverse. It was very on brand for Barbie. Um, the story was interesting. Did I watch it? Yes, I did. Um, what do I re- rank it? If I'm being honest, 6.5 out of 10. I'll give it a 6.5. It was, it is. It's a pretty good. It is. But see, watch. this is exactly like a good example as to tolerable versus respecting it. I don't respect it because it's Barbie, right? Barbie brand. I don't. I'm just like, they're trying to be more relevant with the times. Whereas back in the day, all I got as a kid, all my Barbies were white, Adam. <laughs> right? So. I love that they're taking that step. So it's like on the verge now, the verge of between tolerable to respectful, you know? So, Well, and to leapfrog off that, you were saying that they're trying to get right. more diverse. What does diversity mean? Diversity is more than just color, first and foremost, okay? There's persons with disabilities. There's also persons with, like, gender neutrality. Like, it's just everything... It's not just about race. And as a bona fide brown person, I can guarantee you a lot of us will play that card. Um, Sometimes at the wrong time, it's just like, fuck, did you just say that? Um, So it's like, yeah, not most of us. There's some of us. Most of us just want to see the change. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're ready. We're waiting. It's just like, okay, okay, okay. Like, you had Barack Obama, fucking awesome. Like I, I bought into that bull, not bullshit. I did buy into that brand, Adam, like black president. Fuck yeah. Like it was just like, yes, I am not even American, not even like a minutia American. And I was all for it. And then you get someone like Trump. I don't know if you have any Trump supporters listening. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It's fine. You, you listen, you have your opinions and I have mine. Again, to your question, Adam, about like, keeping things in within our own camp, right? Like keeping it like just for ourselves, the organization, the business. Same thing. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> Everything is connected, Adam. Mm-hmm. Well, we live in a society that everything is interconnected. You can't just do one thing and not expect a ripple effect down the road. Right. It's like... um when I teach change and change management, I always tell people, I'm like, your team, your organization is a pot of stew. You can't just put something in there, not expect it to change the stew. 
Like, that's right. just not exactly. how that works. <laughs> Even yeah. if you try to get it out, there'll always be a little piece of whatever you put in there still in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. But I really enjoyed how you said diversity is not just about skin color. It's not. Because oh, my goodness. And it's not. When you look at, when I talk to people about diversity, it's always, always comes down to skin color. That's yeah. all they ever care about. And they never, there's never this discussion of disciplines, diversity and disciplines, maybe diversity right. in cultures. And I find that always yeah. interesting. Subculture too. Oh my God. Diversity within culture, subcultures, microcultures, microcosms of like individual tribes, Jesus, like, yes, for sure. That is definitely and felt, especially a lot within like the BIPOC community or like, what is it now? What is the correct? We don't call it, we don't call it BIPOC anymore, right? Uh, from what I always know is they, people keep rebranding their names and I okay. just, I just say whatever <laughs> I heard was last and then somebody will change, correct me. But then I'll also okay. go to a different group and then they'll be like, no, no, no. The, what you said first was correct and they don't know what they're talking about. But then I'll go oh to a my different God. community and they'll be like, no, no, no. Those other two people don't know what they're talking about. This is actually the yeah. correct term. And I just, I just go with the flow, whatever. It's, oh my God, Adam, it's divide and conquer. It's a classic business tactic, divide and conquer. Oh my God, they're all dividing us on our devices. Ooh, that was a good one. Okay, I'm good, sorry. But yes, divi divided on devices. Yes, absolutely. Oh, for like, I don't know if people can see that. That's a Yoda, don't worry, that's just a baby dog. <laughs> Well, they'll only hear the audio of this. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. Yes. Like, so I could have been on the toilet, Adam. hundred percent. <laughs> Until they heard the flush of the toilet, then they'd be like, oh, Mary. Yeah, for sure. See, we talk about boundaries, Adam. That is a boundary I will never break. <laughs> I love going, I love like going on Instagram stories just to just show cool stuff. Like, yo, this is what I see. This is what I see. Just like a mental picture, like, or I just, I see a pink sunset, you know, like things that are just like naturally beautiful. Just like, wow, that's awesome. Right. Makes you grateful for fucking life. And I mean, um, I just got a text message from my neighbor. Okay. Wait, whatever. <laughs> do I know my neighbors? Yes, I do. My neighbors are awesome. That is a good thing about a community. You know, your neighbors and that should be ubiquitous especially at post secondaries that you get along with every other department and faculty and teammates like like adam like yeah so i think that's that's important so is to kind of get along with the team departments yeah like people have community yes community does not exist without people sharing the same goal and, or at least the same shared value, but because we have, you know, very opinionated and egotistical leadership, management, teammates, organizations, it, it just tends to belly flop because I'm a reputation girl, but I can't rep something that is just BS. You know what I'm saying? So that will, that may be portrayed in my work. Cause it's just like, no, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. And they're just taking my ideas. Mind you, I'm very good at storytelling, Adam. You know this. And I don't know why. I think I just, I'm an empath, apparently. That's what a lot of people tell me. 
because I get a lot of messages on my fucking Instagram stories. Like, oh my, like, and I'm just, it's a bit much. I'm not lying. It's a bit much. Well, it seems to be a societal, it's, there's a great irony in this where society says right. we hate labels. Labels are terrible. Labels are awful. And yet at the same time, people are so fast to label each other and to label themselves and right. everyone else around them that they don't see the irony in the fact that they hate labels. <laughs> That's what they're saying. And yet they're labeling everything. Oh my God. I have to label things at work. <laughs> it just, it works better, Adam. And I mean, not just like, like their personality, but reputation for sure. Like I'm always judging in my head. Like, all right, this is this one's going to be like sad struggle story. You know what I'm saying? This next story that I'm or this next interview I'm filming for, this is going to be like boot, pulled up by its bootstraps. You know, like I am very mindful to never exploit struggle at work ever. I don't want to exploit people's pain, but that shit sells, Adam. Like, so it's like I'm torn between like, oh my god, do I? It's a sad, it's a sad but triumphant story. Stories always follow feelings. There's a happy ending, the sad ending, the dramatic ending. Thank you, William Shakespeare. He <laughs> <laughs> defined the first two fucking labels, drama or comedy, right? Drama means it's a sad fucking ending. Pretty much everybody dies. And comedy, it's a happy love story. It's always love and laughter and happy. And yeah, I'll go ahead. And what I love about it is like when you meet people, there's always this idea that being judgmental is bad, 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 bad. But then when I'm chit-chatting with you, you're like, no, I'm actually right. incredibly judgmental. And one of the things that I use this judgment for is to determine that story. Like, what am I going to use? Where am I taking this story? What ending exactly. is this going to be? So it's exactly. been incredibly helpful from the sounds of it to be judgmental. Yes. Yes, it has been. It it requires less effort, especially, however, you need, and because perhaps why I am very good at my job is because you tell it from a very honest place, a very, like, you, your moral fiber, so to speak. You're, you want to ensure that you're being honorable and honest and loyal to their story. A lot of companies can sway certain stories, certain content to make it look more appealing, but I feel like these stories, like why are there, why are they landing with so many people? Is because it lands and it resonates with them, it relates to them some way somehow. So, to your point, Adam, about having it, you know, more authentic, that is important. That is essential to a good person who develops video production or videos for production for social media, for you know stuff like that. So, it's important authenticity i love it yeah well here's another question for you and i actually asked this recently it's an interesting question what do you think um what do you think's better that something is delicious or something that is authentic something that is delicious or something that is authentic yeah in regards with food yes uh delicious Every step of the way. Okay, so you <laughs> I, need it to. I come from a you background need it to where, be more delicious, right? Where people are like, "Trust me, you should eat this food." 
it's authentic cuisine. And then I tried, I'm like, this is disgusting. Oh my God. Okay, but there's also a story to that authenticity. Delicious is like, they just took the best ingredients and like probably better techniques to produce something very delicious. Authenticity, storytelling, those are connected and rooted. So, I mean, it, yes, I have tasted authentic food, especially in Asia. And I'm just like, oh my God, like my stomach can't sometimes handle it. But I'm like, you know what? You learn about the origin of it and like this particularly the tripe of the cow and then it was raised by a family like it's just that it was raised by a family who have now funded schools for girls and like for more girls to attend school like you hear about stories like this and you're just like okay wow i'm eating something that's really important i think that's that's the the outcome of it is why authenticity for me it matters more than if it's delicious or not well, then you have that greater appreciation of what you're eating. You don't? Sorry, that was very blunt. No, I'm <laughs> I'm stating what you're saying, which is like... No, right, but you don't find, like, you said delicious, so you want it to taste delicious. Because authentic for you, authentic cooking food, like food is more, like, it can be questionable sometimes, right? Well, I'm always of the opinion... Uh, for myself, and this is just my own personal right. opinion, because I've gone to a lot of art shows and a lot of art stuff. And typically with art, I find when I look at it, it looks like nothing. Right. And it's only until I have to dive into pages of lore to understand why this piece of art is amazing and spectacular <laughs> that I can then appreciate it. But in the back of my mind, I always think to myself, should I have to scan through essays and documents to fully appreciate what I'm looking at? Mm. No. Or should I be able Maybe to you look at it? And, or should I be able to just look at it and right off the bat and be like, that is amazing. That is spectacular. Yeah. No, you're right. I think... Well, never looked at it that way before. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Because I love authentic, authentic stuff. I love people that are authentic. But half of me always goes, but like, sure, you're authentic. But do I need to get to know you, your struggles, your right. strengths, your weaknesses to fully appreciate who you are? Or but I think that's true. Very, very true. I think just more people want to feel relatable to be seen. And I think, I know, I know that I've always struggled with that, Adam, even as a kid, even till now, which is why, you know, <laughs> giving up Instagram stories for Lent was just like, nope, <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> it's way too goddamn important. I need to, I need to connect with people. This, like... But it is kind of sad, Adam, because it's like people will, will connect with you digitally and that's fine. But it's just like, no, just come over. Like, just come over for some barbecue or something, you know, like just or smoke some. Let's smoke some weed. Like, let's just hang out, chill out. But I feel like a lot more people are comfortable behind a screen nowadays. <sighs> and that's kind of sad. I do see it in my kids a lot, too, Adam. You see this in kids and you see this at the workplace. How many people 
uh, don't want to come in for in-person meetings anymore. Right. Well, convenience. Type on their keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a plethora of reasons why we don't want to come in. It could be gas, driving to work downtown, parking is a pain in the ass. Um, but I understand like people who like going into the office or just because they, they're bored and they need people around them, right? Um, to get their work done. I'm the opposite. I'm like, I work from home mostly. I'll go into the office maybe two, three times a week, if, but it's more just like, yeah, it's just to do my work and then dip out. I don't really, but when I'm on work at, at the office, I socialize more. What the fuck, Adam? <laughs> I don't do any fucking work. Like, I'm just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, if I have a meeting, I'll pop upstairs and they'll be like, okay, that's fine. Because we're all on campus, but none of us want to meet in person. Like, that's just silly, Adam. Connection is about, yeah, can, 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 Meaning, Kay, here's a question. Here's a good question for you. And I know this will be a good question for you. Do you think meaningful relationships can happen digitally? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. You okay. can look no further than the MMORPG or massive online multiplayer games. Multiplayer gaming, right. Yeah. Oh. Where individuals okay. have formed unique bonds with strangers across the world i know of individuals that met their lover through online gaming and then they came wow. together at conventions and eventually married well that's lovely mm, i can guarantee you i wouldn't have met tj gaming not, not on like digital but like maybe an arcade or something but like i am trying to get into more gaming adam i really am because uh, everyone in my family games but me i'm just like nah I'm good, but what would you like recommend then for someone who's just getting into like multiplayer roles, particularly um, gaming? What I would recommend is that you find out what genre you like first. Okay. And then okay. always I can do that from there. I'm more like dramedy. I like drama with a little bit of comedy. <laughs> dramedy, that's what we call it. What's your favorite genre, movie genre, by the way? My favorite movie genre has to be science fiction. Okay. Okay. It is a, that, yeah. It's a fabulous platform to really explore different issues and societal issues in a world that isn't ours. Mm. Right. I, I can't tell you how many times you look at science fiction and they're really talking about racism, eugenics. They're talking about ageism they're talking about uh caste systems they're talking about specialization of mm -hmm. industry and the effects as well as the b birth of ai and they're talking right. about really deep philosophical issues that we're suffering with today but they do right. it in a very safe space because it's not our world it's not and i think but because again like if we were to show science fiction nowadays, like just no science fiction, it's just, it's just nonfiction now, like without different worlds, without, you know, different characters or worlds. I mean, I find more filmmakers are doing that nowadays. They're trying to be more authentic about their storytelling and, and the origin of like, okay, this is 
it, it, it could be applied in science fiction, but let's apply it in nonfiction because this is real. This shit's still happening, right? So, but is it too much? I guess is science fiction a good veil to cover up systemic failures? Ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess the question would then be what is a systemic failure? A failure, a system that's failed more than one community. A specific set community. And then uh, the next question is like, is it even science fiction's job to address those? It is, but it depends on who's telling this main story, you know? And let's be real, Hollywood back in the day, (laughs) it's still bad today. But um, I mean, let's, let's be, let's be real. The movie industry is tanking, not tanking, but those old, world production sets um and like big stage sounds um sets thing of the past now thing people just want like more it's cheaper nowadays to film good content anyways um <clears throat> to to answer your point yeah no no adam it's a specific set community and no that's it so i need you to answer that question <laughs> To answer the question, is it science fiction's job to deal with systemic failures? Well, if I were to think on it, I would argue probably not. Because science fiction is a genre. It, there are millions of other genres out there. And that's, that's a lofty weight to rest on science fiction's shoulders alone. And it's just like when it comes okay. to people and particularly leadership when you look at worrying about diversity worrying about change worrying about these social issues there is so much to worry about that i often think it's really unfair to levy the burden of all these issues onto one person's shoulders Mm. okay i never looked at it that way but you get more eyeball again you get more viewers <laughs> oh my god and then how and look how we circled back to vanity metrics oh my god again adam hype honest hype honest like but i'm going to be i'm going to be real sometimes being a reputation person can be quite exhausting okay <laughs> and sometimes i feel like i'm am i really myself am i really or am i really just putting on a fucking show. Surprisingly, I'm, I know myself too well. I am honest, so I am the fucking same when you meet me in person, <laughs> which surprises a lot of people. They're like, oh, you're like this in real life. Yes, I am, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like, like, why are you watching my shit then if it ain't honest? You know, like, fuck. Um, so to your point, yeah, I think it's very, like, Adam, um, I think sometimes... I don't know. Hype. Um, it's not fucking worth it. Sometimes silence is, is good too. Like just quiet. Not silence, quiet. There's people, there's people around, but just quiet, gentle. I'm kind of entering into this new phase in my life now where I'm acknowledging that part of me. I'm just like gentle Mary. Which is new for me, Adam, because usually I'm a ball buster and I'm like I'll box you the right out. I'll box you the fuck out. Like, like it just I've always had to be a fighter. So why can't I just not in a 
And and for the record, I've never punched anybody, but I'm just saying fighting, I'm bullying at a young age, um, bullying from my some of my relatives, bullying from like my father. Bull like it's just I've always had to adapt quickly and, and just kind of and that's where that's why I'm good at my job because I'm constantly judging, 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 judging. Oh, you're good, you're good, you're bad, you're very bad, right? So and that's how I labeled people. It wasn't just like ugly. Oh, oh my God, those are ugly. Like, you know, like it was never those vain labels. It was more just like, gives me crazy vibes. It's always about how I fucking feel. It's always about my vibes. Well, and that's that gray area. Because oftentimes we look at things as black and white. Labels are all good or they're all bad. And the reality is like, no, there's, it's a scale. Sometimes labels are good. Sometimes they're bad. But we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's the same thing when you look at, I'm a fighter, but there's also silence. Mm -hmm. And it's not all or nothing. I don't have to be quiet all the time, but I don't have to be fighting all the time. There's always that healthy medium, and that lives in the gray. And I'm loving swimming in it. Love it. I absolutely love it. And that was a good pool plug, too, because I'm looking forward to pool season. Um, but no, I, it, it is always about balance, Adam. And we, to quote Harry Potter, we both have light and dark, right? In us, it's on what we choose to act on. That's what defines us. So it's like, sometimes I can be very dark. Yes, I can. That shit, I don't post on my stories. Maybe one day I'll be, you know, fucking brave enough to do one. And then, you know, you have the other side, which is just gentle. So. I don't know. I feel like it's it's about balance. How about you? Do you feel balanced nowadays? It depends. I think you're never really in balance. You're mostly just balancing. <laughs> and there are certain days that I have that I'm completely out of balance. And other days that, you know, I'm more imbalanced. I'm either leaning okay. a little bit f- to the right or a little bit to the left. But... This I've always found this notion of that you have to be in balance at all time a really silly notion because that's not how life works. Something's right. always going to happen that will always throw you off. That will always throw you for a loop and just screw with the balance. Mm-hmm. And then your job is to get back in. Which side do you lean more towards? What do you mean? Dark or light? Well, that depends what you mean by dark and light. More dark, negative thoughts or moods or behaviors versus light, happy, go lucky, um, whimsical (laughs) um, type of behaviors or moods or vibes. So I used to be very rooted in the dark side of things. Okay. Dark thoughts, dark opinions, looking for the worst in people. But uh, I've done a lot of work and I've recently changed and now i look at people on the good side i look at life in the good side i look at the Mm -hmm. silver lining and no matter how bad things are i always just look for what good was there because it's like the yin yang there's always darkness with the light and there's always light with the darkness right you just have to take a look 
not gonna lie, I was with you too. Yeah, I was more dark for sure. I'm hoping that as I'm turning a fucking into my forties next week, <laughs> fuck. Every time I think about, every time I think and pause about it, Adam, I'm just in sheer terror. I know it won't change, but mentally, something in me, I think, or emotionally at least, I'll be like, and physically, oh my god, fuck. It's yeah, it's fuck. I gotta work harder now, you know, like. And maybe that's the crux of my this next chapter of my life is just like work hard, Mary. Work hard and then you'll you'll be successful in the end. You know what I'm saying? Like you just work hard and you'll be you'll be good. So maybe, fuck, I don't know. And I know I have that has to be achieved, Adam, on all levels, personally, even for me. So my marriage with TJ, my health, um, and my relationship with my kids and my family and my friends. So I know that I need to make more time and effort for making sure those relationships are sustained or nurtured. I think that's something that people forget. You, it, friendship's not like something you check off. It's just some, like, it's, a, it's not a check off your checklist. It's like more of a check in, like, Hey, how's it going? It's just, it's more just like, I'm here for you type of thing. It's not just like, Oh my God, let's go to the mall and get, Shopping. Sorry, I always do that Valley Girl <laughs> accent when I think about that, but it should be more intentional. Friendships, I think that is the word for me this year so far, intentional. But I think that that's honestly a fact. Relationships require huge amounts of work, and you have to be intentional about them. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I see in the workplace, people are walking down the hall, and they're just tech checkboxing the social interaction oh hey greg how are you doing good awesome move on and they're not being intentional about building these relationships right. even in right. their personal life they have so many friends but if we actually dive into it those people aren't friends they're no. maybe acquaintances at best yeah, at best yep i would call you one of my friends now because one I invited you into my home, right? And two, when I actually see you at work, I'm just like, oh, fuck, yes. Like, <laughs> dude, let's go. Let's chill. I feel I get a very good vibe and a good energy. So I'm just like, yeah, man, he's dope. So I don't know. I don't, I guess maybe this is something I will never understand, Adam, is how people who have friends aren't that intentional or they just think of their relationships or friendships as, as superfluous. Well, there's this weird belief that the world doesn't change. There's this idea that where you are right now, what's happening to you right now will continue on forever. Mm. The position that you have will continue. The relationships you have will continue. But the reality is that's not true. Relationships end jobs end positions come to an end all these things are all temporary but we don't think right. of it like that and because no. we don't think of it like that because we think everything's all set in stone when it really isn't it's more like shifting sands on a dune that we take for granted what's going on mm. and we don't intentionally build these relationships we don't spend the men the time or energy into them because we think they will always be there 
But so what can hold sand dunes together? To, to comment off your point about how shifts in the sand in terms of superfluous change, what would, what would make us stay more rudimentary connected to each other? That's that intentional piece that you were just outlining. Right. Okay. So to say these it, things yeah. are temporary. So what is important is that we invest into what is mm. important. And if my relationship with my husband is important to me, I need to invest because I know this relationship yes. is temporary. Absolutely. Well, this was a this is a good conversation, Adam. <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, I'm leveling out now, so I am uh, getting to sober now. So this is this was a good arc arc for my <laughs> podcast um, <laughs> interview. <laughs> So kind of coming back to it, we talked a lot about, you know, if you're going to build a reputation, you have to be honest. You mm -hmm. have to be upfront. You have to be authentic. But at the same time, you have to also live within the gray area. Things aren't as black and white as they may seem. And right. on top of that, it's important to take care of your relationships, to take care of your reputation, to live in this black and white, because you're really setting the tone for everybody around you. If you're not, if you're not setting this tone, then everything's going to start falling apart because they're going to start modeling their behavior after you. So if you're vain, if you have a lot of vanity, mm -hmm. that's what the people around you are going to start looking for. And funny how, oh, sorry, I was going to say it's funny how some people have these micro addictions. Like, I don't like, come on. I'm, I'm sure we're all addicted to our phone, but, or the screens, but it's an issue. Yeah, for sure. Adam, oh my talk God. about addictions in a podcast in the future. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Like it's, um, it's a reality. No stopping it now. Seemed very well coordinated. And intentional. So. so if you had one advice for our listeners at home, what would it be? Can you be more specific? One advice, I can provide one a lot of thought, opinion. One thing to help them out on their journey. Oh, on their journey. Oh. Always be authentic. Always be true to who you are. And that stems on the good side, the lighter side, the good vibes side. Acknowledge your dark side. Acknowledge it. Don't succumb to it. Try not to. Um, and just always giving back to others and, you know, being a good neighbor. Just being kind. Just be kind. Just be an, a cool person. Someone you want to hang out with someone who's fun. So that my advice is, I mean, that's more than Mary Brand. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> uh, my advice. I mean, I don't know. I, I never got advice as a kid. I had to kind of search for it by myself. Probably why I can drop a lot of wisdom because I'm just like, yeah, I thought about that. And I looked it up and figured, I researched my way on figuring out like okay this might be a good option but 
I always find that coming from a place of honesty. Honesty. If that is authentic to you, then that's who you are. And if it's a bad, it's a, if it's a bad truth, then it's or a bad kind of like dark side about doing something or wanting to do something or feeling this way. Yeah, you have to acknowledge it. So, um, sorry, that was very long winded, Adam. Sorry. I love it. Be authentic. Okay. Be who you are. That, exactly. I can't stress that enough, Adam. Just like, no. Um, yeah, authentic. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Mary. It was a pleasure having you. It was an absolute honor. Thank you so much, Adam. Uh, my dear friend, thank you so much. It was um, an honor to talk with you today. And um, I hope we can have more of these chats because honestly, this was pretty This was pretty dope. I love it. Okay. And if people want to follow you, where should they follow you? Right. So currently I do have a Facebook page, but don't follow me there, y'all. My best shit is on Instagram. Um, it's at Mary Close Up. It is a private account. My only concern is like, if you watch this podcast and say, yes, I know Adam and I listen to his podcast. And if you don't go subscribe now, awesome plug there. Hey, Adam, <laughs> go subscribe now and show some support for my buddy. Um, but yeah, if I haven't met you yet, then I'll approve the follow. My rule is you have to meet me first in person before I let you in my weird digital world. So um that's my only comment. It is a private account, but yeah, if you want to friend me, let me know. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you, Mary. Thank you so much, Adam. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, give it a like, and share it with a friend. And if you're ready to take the next leap and improve your leadership skills, head over to www.seatingthelead.com and book your free coaching session today. Thank you.